the whole question of God is different. So we need to look at that. And then the fourth and last thing I would do is kind of a reflection, picking up elements from Teilhard de Chardin, Paul Tillich, Bonhoeffer, Merton, whatever. Reflection, synthesis, pulling it all together. Where are we with the God question? <clears throat> and so on. And then, if we can also get some of our film work in as well, then you'll probably go home about as happy as you're going to be, granting the disgruntled attitude most of you have. <laughs> All right. I think I've been working too hard and getting slightly unhinged, but you'll have, to, you'll, you'll have to just deal with it. I've been putting in a lot of time on this, and every so often I lose contact with uh, coherence. All right. Okay, there we are. Uh, before we begin, a quick preamble, two short vignettes of which I had dealt with in this morning's class, just very quickly, but I want to bring us all up to speed, because I think I will need both of these to give us a context for the God question. The first thing is the reminder that we develop through five different stages as we come of age, intellectually and humanly. And the chronology for that is set within the very DNA of our structure. The first and most basic of all comes with birth, and that's consciousness or awareness, which has no knowledge to it. It's just awareness that you're there. It's what an animal has. It's what an infant has. Without knowing what an infant is, or what it even is to be conscious, it knows nothing. But it's conscious. Not that it knows nothing, but that it is. It senses its isness, if you will. And that consciousness is so personal, unique, irreplaceable, non-transferable, that we can never know what it is to be conscious as another person is conscious of his or herself. So I can never enter into the consciousness of who you are. I can enter only into the knowledge of who you are. Which is why we have to have such a profound respect for the incredible difference that happens between one person and another, and why the rush to judgment is so inadequate. Uh, we've got to do that in order to have society function, clearly. But we keep thinking that the rush to judgment has defined the person. And that's not true. The consciousness. The second thing that happens when we're around two is intelligence. The child moving, as Chardin says so well, from zero to infinity in, in comparing a child to an animal, now begins to figure things out and to make judgments. This is my brother, this is my house, this is my mother, whatever. This is my crib, this is my room, etc., etc. At about the age of seven or eight, the child reaches reason, which is cognitive reflection on assumptions and premises that lead me to a conclusion I haven't experienced, but of which I can be certain, nonetheless. You know, as far as we could judge, an animal is only clear about what it's experienced. 
reason in a sense that projects us into the unknown. So, for example, the child sees living things die and sooner or later asks or concludes that he will die or she will die, or that the child is capable of dying, can fear death. Heidegger, Martin Heidegger, the great 20th century philosopher, says it so well when he says, the horizon of death is what defines the very essence of human because we are able to know that we will die, which as far as we can determine, nothing else except us knows. All right, we conclude that uh, from our whole reasoning process. There's that wonderful scene in the fifth book of the Odyssey when Calypso...